We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Now we've been in the um, Book of Acts over the last couple of weeks, and um, we invite you to in the desk on the admin desk out there is our current reading uh, plan. We're reading through the Book of Acts through the month of May, so about halfway through invite you to join us, grab one of them on the way out if you haven't got one yet, and uh, a chapter a day for the month of May. Hey, that rhymes, doesn't it? Um, and in the book of Acts, you're reading about how the early church was established and what happened. And from a historical sort of Bible perspective, uh, Jesus died and rose again at Easter. Easter was how many weeks ago? what, five, five weeks ago, something like that. And then 50 days after Easter was something called the day of Pentecost. Pentecost, that, that word means sort of 50 days, 50 days after. And if you look at the New Testament, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they're the Gospels, and they sort of finish just at Easter and after the resurrection. And then the book of Acts starts soon after that. And uh, today is May 16, and um, it's the period between, the biblical period between when Jesus died and rose again and the day of Pentecost. And the day of Pentecost actually falls next Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday, May 23 is the day, uh, Pentecost Sunday. And... uh, and that's the, that's the moment where the Holy Spirit filled, they got baptised in the Holy Spirit. So this week and next week, we're focusing on, on the Holy Spirit. Um, at the end, after I've spoken, we're going to have time of prayer. If anyone wants prayer to be, you know, filled afresh with the Spirit of God, we're going to make some time for that. So let's pray, then we'll get into the Word. Lord, we thank you for um, your Word. We thank you for what this sort of season means in the context of the church. And I pray, Lord, as we open the the word a little bit, as we discuss uh, this topic, as we look to the Holy Spirit, that we won't just receive information, Lord, but we'll be filled afresh with the living Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So just before Jesus was crucified, he got all the disciples around, went to Jerusalem, and he and he gave them lots of instructions. You can read the book of John, the Gospel of John talks about that. And uh, in John chapter 13 to about 16, he talks a lot about the Holy Spirit who's going to come. And uh, he's saying, well, I'm going, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And uh, I just want you to see a timeline of what was happening. John chapter 14, we got that one? Thanks, Andy. And this is Jesus talking to the disciples about this time, just before he went to the cross. I will ask the Father and he will give you another, the word there is advocate. In some Bibles it says another comforter, another, another person who's just like me. And he will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The, the world cannot recognise him because it's not looking for him. And doesn't recognize him. But you will know him because he lives with you. So he's with me. And later he will be in you. So he's with me and he'll be in me later. 
And then a couple of days, probably just one or two days after Jesus was saying this, was when the whole Easter story happened and Jesus was crucified and he rose again and he appeared to the disciples the very Sunday that he rose from the dead. And that happened, that's recorded in a couple of chapters later. Let's go to chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, what Sunday evening? Well, this is the Sunday that Jesus rose from the dead. That's what it's referring to. The disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were a bit freaked out. And they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there amongst them and said, Peace be with you. That's what they needed at that moment. They're scared of everything. They're confused. Peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then look at verse 22. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. So before the cross, he says, I'm going to send this Holy Spirit. After he rises from the dead he meets with them and he says breathes on them before COVID of course and he says receive the Holy Spirit okay so something's happening here and then uh, the following days Jesus appeared to them lots of times he ate with them and if we and then we turn to the book of Acts Acts chapter 1 let's look at verse 4 and 5 once he was eating with them, have we got this? Uh, yeah. And he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptised you with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Wow. So he's already said receive the Holy Spirit, but then he said wait, because he's going to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, a little bit further on says this, but you will see, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. You can pull that down. So we got this, we got this sort of timeline. Before he goes to the cross, he promises the Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit's going to be just like me, Jesus said. After he rises from the dead, he meets with them and he breathes them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. A few day, late, days later, he says, now wait, wait here. Because... In a few days from now, you're going to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. You know what baptised means? It means completely immersed. So it's like he said earlier, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. So something's going to happen a, f a few days later. And then it happened on the next chapter is recorded. And this is sort of next Sunday in the timeline. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. So on the day of Pentecost, let's say Pentecost Sunday, all the believers were meeting together. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven of a roaring mighty windstorm. That would freak you out. It wasn't a windstorm, it was a sound of a windstorm. I wonder what that sounded like. Fifteen vacuum cleaners going at once, I don't know. And it filled the house where they were sitting then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared to settle on each of them. What does that mean? Let's, let's remember where God led them in the Old Testament. It was through a pillar of fire. And he was saying, hey, I'm, I'm here again. 
And each of them present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave him this ability. And this is this incredible thing. And later on we read how people were there from all sorts of countries for the celebration and they could hear people talking about God in their own language. It was an amazing thing. And then we read through the rest of the book of Acts the impact the Holy Spirit had on the early church. And Luke wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. And Luke was a doctor, a physician. And when he wrote, he, he wrote about details. And the thing, one of the th details he really carefully noted is what the Holy Spirit was doing in and through people. He noticed things. He was writing down these details. And I went through the, my Bible in the book of Acts and every time the Holy Spirit was mentioned, I just highlight it. You know, the yellow. And uh, tell you what, mine's, my, my book of Acts is almost coloured in, in yellow. The Holy Spirit is there so much. And I just, I'm, I'm not going to give you these uh, up on the screen, but I'm just going to read a couple of these accounts where the Holy Spirit is mentioned. And uh, if you're quick enough, you can write them down. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says, Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 verse 38, Peter got up to preach and he said, Repent and be baptised and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 4 verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Imagine you're Dr. Luke writing this down. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, so, there must be something about him that made him write that. It wasn't just Peter said to them, but Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them. Verse 31 of chapter 4, after the prayer meeting, the place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a prayer meeting. It's either an earthquake or something's happening. I don't know. And a little bit further on, the church begins to grow. We get to Acts about chapter 6. The church is growing. It's about, I don't know, five, six, seven thousand 7,000 people by then, over a, a couple of months, I assume. And, um, and they were having trouble with just the practical side of things. Like some widows were getting looked after and other ones weren't because they were a different nationality. But we would never have problems like that in our culture, would we? And so... Um, it says this in chapter 6, verse 3 to 5. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected, full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom, and get them to organise this crew. Everyone liked the idea, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Imagine looking up what someone and say, yeah, that person's full of wisdom, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. There must be something about them that said that. A bit later, Stephen was the first guy who got martyred. And it says this, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven. Wow, there's something about him. A little bit further on, they had some persecution. So they went to Samaria. You know, those places they were enemies with. But they were still sort of half Jews in Samaria. When they arrived... Chapter 8, verse 15 of Acts. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for the new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. They'd been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Peter and John laid their hands on the believers and they received the Holy Spirit. So they went to a bit further on. The same thing happened. 
In Acts chapter 29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, wow, I wonder what he sounded like. Go and walk beside that chariot. And then we read about Paul on the road to Damascus. Saul becomes Paul. A guy called Ananias is sent to pray for this guy who's persecuting the church. Chapter 9 of verse 17. So Ananias went and found Saul, laid his hands on him. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on this road had sent me that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again. Acts 9 verse 31. And with the courage, encouragement of the Holy Spirit, the church grew. And then they preached to the non-Jews. They were called Gentiles in the Bible. There's a guy called Cornelius. Great name. Any parents pregnant? Cornelius. That's the, that's the name. That's the new trend name. Anyway, he was a Roman sort of um, soldier. Had about 500 soldiers underneath him. And he was the first non-Jew they preached to and uh, there was uh, lots of dreams and visions and Peter went to him and verse 44 of Acts chapter 10 Peter was preaching to him and as Peter was saying these things the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message the Jewish believers who came to Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had poured out on the Gentiles as well for they heard them speaking in in other languages and praising God and then Peter had to try to explain this to the other Jewish guys because they didn't like it it was controversial you don't speak to Gentiles it was quite a prejudiced society but uh, Peter says this in Acts chapter 11 verse 12 but the Holy Spirit told me to it wasn't my fault guys I began to preach and as I was preaching the Holy Spirit fell on these on these guys then we hear about Barnabas, who was a man full of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul. Acts chapter 13, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. Acts chapter 19, they were compelled by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 21, the believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit. It's just all through the place. All through all through the book of Acts, it's full of descriptions of what the Holy Spirit was doing in and through people. And Luke was trying to get the point across. You could see the Holy Spirit working. You could see him on people and in people and all through the history of the early church. And the evidence was really clear. People were speaking in other languages. They were preaching the word with boldness. Uh, they were praying. There was unity and worship and um, the Spirit said this, the Spirit led us there, the Spirit compelled us, not just a force, but someone with sort of a personal traits, personality traits. And uh, if you read later in the book of Corinthians, it talks about gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. God's great power working through us. Words of wisdom and miracles and faith and knowledge prophecy and discerning things all these sort of supernatural things that were evident in the life of jesus were gifts that the holy spirit wanted to give the church a little bit further on in the book of galatians you read about the fruit of the holy spirit and while the gifts of the holy spirit is to do with the power you know of these performing miracles the fruit of the holy spirit is about the character of jesus and 
the fruit of the Holy Spirit wants to develop us to be like Jesus in his character. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Is there another? Faithfulness, that's it. And uh, the Holy Spirit is God's presence on earth now. So when Jesus was on earth, that was God's presence on earth through Jesus. But if you wanted to see Jesus, and you, you had to buy a ticket to Jerusalem, get in line, and then finally meet a person. But Jesus said, it's better that I go because the Holy Spirit will come. And he's just not with one person at one place. He's with all of you, wherever you go. And the Spirit of God will go uh, wherever believers are. And I'm not going to leave you alone, Jesus said. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He's the same as me, but he's even better. And that's the way he's better, because he can be with us in each of us. And uh, he fills the earth with his people. So we need to understand, if we believe in Jesus, we have the power of the Holy Spirit resident within us when we receive Jesus into our life. The disciples had a further experience than that on the day of Pentecost where they were sort of baptised in this spirit. And often we read in the book of Acts, they were filled afresh. It just didn't happen once. They met together and they were filled again. They met together, they were filled afresh. Um, got one more scripture we're going to look at, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. I'm going to read it in the New Living. It says, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. But instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And um, don't be drunk with wine. What happens when you get drunk with wine? Well, have too much wine, it alters your perception, not good to drive. Alters your wisdom level. It changes your reactions when you drink too much wine. How you interact with people, it, you know, some people become friendly, others become the opposite. It really affects your decision making when you're drunk with wine. Your confidence, lots of things are affected with wine. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit affects the same sort of things. Alters your perception. Alters your wisdom level. How you react, how you interact with people, your decision making, your confidence. Your feeling of well-being and peace. So that's the picture he's trying to draw. Um, one version says, don't be controlled or captivated or motivated or activated by alcoholic spirits, but be controlled, captivated, motivated and activated by the Holy Spirit. That's the Amplified Bible. And where it says, be filled with the Spirit, it's a funny term. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I know that this is a... a a, a verb with a what they call a continuous tense and so it's keep being constantly filled um, or be being filled all the time be ever filled it's a bit like imagine a sailboat we've got a couple of sailors here sailboat you know put up the sail and you catch the wind 
in a constant way so it takes you where you want to go. That's being ever-filled. So that's the picture of being ever-filled. And what do you do if the wind changes you? Well, you adjust, you adjust the sails and the line so you, you're filled again. When the wind sort of changes, you change what you're doing. So your sails are filled. So being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just meant to be a doctrinal uh, position. I am a Christian, therefore I am filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not meant to be that. It's good to understand the principle. Being filled with the Spirit is not meant to be a moment in history. Back in 83, I was filled with the Spirit. Well, I found out that people leak. And we need to be constantly filled with the Spirit. It's meant to be a way of living. The event, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is a powerful moment where people are connected with God, but we need to be constantly filled. Constantly filled with the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. What are you full of at the moment? What are you full of? Someone bumped you on the way out. What would fall out? You know, what are you filled to the brim of? That's a good way of testing what you're full of, see what your reactions are when you get a hit because it spills out, doesn't it, whatever you're filled with. How's your level? How, what does your fuel gauge say on your, on your car, on your spiritual car? Are you sort of empty, full, full? It's an important question. Jesus had, he was fairly busy, but he often retreated in the morning to spend time with his father and it was like he was being filled that, that uh, scripture says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. If you don't understand what the Lord uh, wants you to do, you need to be filled afresh with the Spirit. If you're looking for guidance, you don't know what to do, be filled afresh with the Spirit. Then you will understand what the will of God is. I think it's a little bit like working with clay, you know, you put the water on so the clay's pliable, so you can move it. You know, you can... You can twist clay without water but it's hard work being filled with the holy spirit allows god to guide us and make us and form us now that verse said be filled so if it was written to uh annie it said annie be filled with the holy spirit so it seems like i've got some responsibility in this um otherwise you know it wouldn't be encouraging me to be filled it, it would just say you know it's all up to god I've got something to do with it. Now, if, if your car gauge is empty, we wouldn't complain if the fuel company didn't come to us and fill us up. I was driving down the road, I ran out of fuel, and the, no tanker came to fill me up. Because we have a role in being filled. We have a role in getting to the place where we can receive from God. The Bible actually tells us when it's talking about the Holy Spirit that we can resist the Holy Spirit, we can quench the Holy Spirit, we can grieve the Holy Spirit even. And it seems that we can actually ignore what God wants to do. So I think it's really important that we learn to be constantly filled and how do we do that? Learn how to wait on God, receive from God. And sometimes we can sense God in our you know, our emotions or our physical body. Sometimes we can do that and sometimes we don't. We, we receive it just by faith, no feelings. But when you ask God to fill you, he will.
that, that scripture gave us a key, you know. Instead, uh, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, songs from the Spirit. That's a great way to be filled. Worshipping God. Singing, praying, reaching out to God. Come to God with prayer, not a, sh- not a shopping list. Sometimes we think prayer is going shopping. Here's my list, God. Just uh, put it up if you could deliver it to me. Actually, my, prayers should be more about us listening to God and waiting on God. And sure, we ask God for things. We're encouraged to do that, but that's just a small part of prayer. I think a great way is to simply ask God to fill us afresh. Develop a pattern to be filled. Can I give you, I'll just give you four keys to be, be being filled. Um, maybe this is new to you. The, the first one is, is to be open and willing. Just willing, open. You know, God gives us good things. And I notice that God fills the willing. When Jesus said, follow me, he said, follow me, and then kept walking. And you know who followed him? The willing. <laughs> it was the willing. It had nothing to do with their personality type or their gifts or whatever it might be. I want to encourage you just to be willing, be a candidate, be open. And the second thing I want to encourage you to do is to be humble. Humble. God gives grace to the humble but opposes the proud. I can confidently tell you, if you think you've got a theory about the Holy Spirit, I can confidently tell you that you haven't got it worked out. Every Christian after a while, or every denomination has a theory about what the Holy Spirit does, when and who, there and where. And um, guess what? They're all theories. And if you've got a theory, God's going to mess with your theory just so he will. Cornelius, when he spoke to Cornelius, he was a guy, a Roman oppressor, who sort of worshipped God a little bit, but didn't really understand. He was filled with the Holy Spirit before he even sort of heard about Jesus. Just to mess with our concept of what order things should happen. So be open and willing, but be humble. Humble means I don't know it all. Sure, I've studied, I've got some idea. God gives grace to the humble. The third thing is, is to be actively seeking. It's one thing to be willing and another thing to be actively ready. I, in my day, I was an uh, enormously brilliant tennis player. Most of you won't remember that part of my life. <laughs> when you receive serve, you, you take the stance and you're ready. Otherwise, it comes and goes and... You know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, don't be a spectator. Get on the field, get on the court. Be a receiver. Just take every opportunity. There's an opportunity. Hey, don't be passive. Be expectant. You know, if there's an opportunity, yeah, I'm there. You know what I mean? I think there's a key to be actively speaking. Be willing, be humble, be actively seeking God. And number four, the last one, is determined to be a river, not a pond. Determined to be a river, not a pond. What am I talking about? The Holy Spirit in our life always affects others. 
In the book of Acts, you read through, affected them within the church. They were worship, generosity, fellowship, prayer, unity. And when they walked out the doors, they spoke to people in boldness. They healed people. Uh, they met needs, practical needs. There was boldness. And it was meant to flow through us. It's not just meant to fill us so we become like a pond. You know, you drink from a flowing river. But when you see a pond that's been there about five years with the same water, yeah, and I think I'll drink from that one. The Spirit wants to be a river flowing through our lives. Freshness, fresh. That's what's ever filled. It's like there's something here today that wasn't here yesterday. And it's flowing through us, reviving us, and flowing out to others. Okay. When the Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses. I'm sending you, so here's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is upon me, has anointed me to speak to other people. Uh, People drink from a flowing river. The more you give of the Spirit of God, the more you just receive. Can I have the team again? We're going to sing that um, Fresh Wind one, Gabby. And we're going to take a moment where we're going to just worship God and ask God to fill us afresh. Whatever your experience so far or understanding of the Holy Spirit, I'd encourage you to be willing, to be humble, to be actively, yeah, Lord God, what have you got for me? We all need to be filled afresh often. To, you know, just to get the thanksgiving in our life, the generosity in our life, the outflow. If you're out flow is sort of a bit struggling you need the holy spirit if you don't know what to do you need the holy spirit if you want to live the christian life in the in the way god designed we need the holy spirit jesus said hey i'm going but i'm sending the holy spirit the holy spirit is like jesus with us now that's what he was saying And when he said, I'm sending another, the word another means someone who's exactly the same. Exactly. Same in character, nature, whatever. Um, Can we just sing this? And and then I'm asking you, uh, what we'll do, I think what we'll do is, we'll just sing a couple of times, I'm going to pray that we'll be filled. And if anyone, any of you want, just, can you pray for us? Come to the front, we'd love to pray for you individually too. But maybe we can just... Close our eyes. Just do the...